I'm usually really good at, at names, but I biffed it. I was afraid I was going to do that. So Jenga, Sherry Jenga, thanks for coming on the show. Um, author of The Shattered Oak. Um, and so I, I read some of your notes and we talked a little bit offline. It's based on a true story. I'd love to hear a little bit more about you, what you do, what you've been up to, um, and your book, The Shattered Oak. Sure. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Of course. Um, what I've been up to, well, first I'll tell you a little about, about me. I've married, I have two children, a boy and a girl. I'm very blessed. I've been married for 32 years and I've worked at Foxwoods uh, Resort Casino here in Connecticut, the world's, the world's largest casino um, for 28 years. And I'm a cocktail server in the High Roller Lounge. Um, my background is really nothing too much. Just, um, I don't have a lot in uh, writing, but believe it or not, it's a great true story that I was offered by this lady that I met, Nina Anderson. Um, and she happened to hear my story that I was telling her and she said, why don't you write it and I'll publish it. She owns a publishing company, Safe Goods. Uh, publishing company in Massachusetts. And I was lucky enough to get to tell the true story um, about the Shattered Oak. So, so what is, so starting off the, the idea of the Shattered Oak, what, what does that mean, the Shattered Oak? Um, great, great question. Um, the Shattered Oak has a lot to do with the uh, shatteredness think of that like um your soul um the oak tree about a one woman story it's written in the first person about a woman who was very distressed which i'll give you a little bit of insight it's actually my mother so the the story was based upon my my life believe it or not and um my mother's story. And um, I was lucky enough to, you know, be able to write it. I never thought it would be me uh, writing her story. But it is such an interesting story. Ever since I've been about 18 years old, I knew it needed to be written or told into a story. Um, I think a lot of people should know about it. It's about mental illness and how sometimes mental illness needs to be looked at in a different way, like to look outside the box. Um, my mother's story was very unique. And sometimes, a lot of times, um, mental illness, you don't realize it could be a cure, like could be a disease instead. So um, I don't want to give away too much, I of guess. Of course, yeah. Story too. It has a lot of plots and twists. Um, but sometimes mental illness, we all need to ask our physicians um, once, twice, or three times to find out, could there be other underlying symptoms behind our mental illness? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, a lot of times we're told, you know, what makes it, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And a lot of times that could leave, what doesn't kill us could leave an, an underlying impact to us that could make us weaker, actually, down the line. If we don't, seek help or kind of address it, talk about it and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And there's so many, especially with the coronavirus and everything, there's mm -hmm. so much suicide. So the book kind of has one thing I feel like a lot of people, if you look on my Amazon reviews, um, it touches a lot of aspects of a lot of people's lives that people don't even realize that um, it could impact them because it touches on divorce, it touches on um, suicide, it, it touches on depression, it touches on mental illness um, and about diseases and how it gives a positive light on how anybody reading the story can find ways to enlighten their lives and, and find a way to move forward. So it also sheds a light on like journaling and how, how there's ways to cure um, aspects of our lives to push forward and find a, find a way to um, shed light in a positive light. Yeah. Now I see uh, what the, you first released it in 2019. Um, yeah, it came out in yeah uh, 2019, and then with the coronavirus, yeah, yep. So it's been out for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how would you say you you've been impacted, and you and your family, personally, professionally, artistically, creatively? How would you say you've been impacted by by the last year and a half? Oh gosh, yeah. You know, it's such, it's been such trying time for a lot of, lot of people. And I think a lot of people take this coronavirus in a different aspect. Um, in a weird way, I find myself not lucky, but in kind of a weird way. Um, I work at the casino and we're tribal. So we were um, open much more than the general public earlier. Sure. Um, because we're tribal, we were able to open our doors earlier than a lot of other companies. So at first I have to say, yeah, sure. It was scary, you know, opening up and going yeah. to work. Um, but it also forces you, I think, in a, in a, in a good way to get up and get going. And um, I feel blessed that I was able to go to work, to be honest with you, because it made me not as fearful of the coronavirus in a weird way. Um, you know, every, we took great precautions at our work, mm -hmm. um, but it, it um, got me out of my house, you know, so where I feel like some people who were trapped a little bit more not going out and, um, you know, not knowing the unknown, um, I feel I was a little bit more blessed in a weird kind of way going to work. Yeah, you know, for it sounds it, a little bit crazy, but, yeah. I, you know. I, it, I think it makes you a little, it made me a little, little bit less fearful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, again, blessed, that's a, that's a term that comes up on this show a lot It's blessed or it's hindsight, you know, it's uh, luck or what, well, whatever you want to call it. But I like to call it blessed because I, I mean, I kind of have to read through the lines and, and uh, hope that there is something more out there and all that and and you know, i don't want to get too preachy but you know i've always i always had you know a mindset of looking at you know new technical techno, technological trends and like the new thing is you know podcasting on youtube or live streaming and and these video gamers live streaming to twitch and then they have a big studio 
and all these crazy live streamed graphics just from their basement. And uh, I was able to stay relatively employed throughout the whole quarantine doing a lot of remote gigs, a lot of virtual webinars and remote virtual seminars, conferences, you know, like, like we talked, uh, you know, you, you're at the Foxwoods Casino Resort, and I've actually gone there and done all those banquets, those conferences, those seminars where you have, uh, you know, some, some company, some organization do a five day, you know, they got the, they got the grand ballroom, then they got like 10 breakouts, and they got all these different speakers. But then when quarantine hit, it was, what do we, what do we do with that? And I said, hey, just get everybody on Zoom, and we live stream it remotely just from the same computer decks and the same streaming software, but just from the comfort of everybody's home or home office, or even from their, their work office that only five or 10 people are at the office now. And we're able to still pull off those events. And again, blessed. I was able to do that from home. Me and the wife had brought home our first kid right before the quarantine hit. And so. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. But we still had to stay, we still had to stay employed. We still had to, you know, pay bills and, and, and uh, <clears throat> all the baby expenses. So yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you feel blessed. You're still able to go to work. I, absolutely. You still, you feel blessed to still be a part yeah. of yeah. general civilization, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a scary time, I guess. And, and, and a lot of us that pulled through, you know, the most important thing was to see the positive in this. What can I do if I'm stuck in the house? What can I do? Well, hell, I can refurbish the house. I got nothing but time now. <clears throat> For me as a filmmaker, as a writer, as a, um, as an actor, there was a whole lot of projects that I had shot on a hard drive. It's time to edit them. And, uh, you know, that sort of deal. You and, gave us time to think, right? Think yeah, absolutely. What was important? What we, could we be grateful about? What do the next 20 years entail? Like, it mm -hmm. definitely gave us time to think about what was important in life. Yeah, and, and you know, as a parent yourself, yeah. as a parent yourself, how old are your kids, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, um, no, um, my daughter is 20 and my son is 24. So when they were one, two, and three, I remember, you know, probably the, the same generation, you know, when older folks told me about me growing up, they would mention, you know, the first steps, the crawling, the first steps, the first word. <clears throat> but for us, you know, since it was a six to nine months of 24-7 shut-in lockdown quarantine with our kid, we remember all the micro evolutions, you know, the, the tummy time that kind of turned into you know, like wiggling that, and his first roll over on his own to, to kind of shimmying, which turned into a real crawl. And then, you know, babbling turned into giggling, turned into cackling, turned into like real laughter, you know, all the micro evolutions that we were able to enjoy. And I think there's that, there's another plus side to that shut in to that 24 yeah, seven mom. Hmm? You were blessed. Yes. Again, blessed, you know, like that 24 seven mommy and daddy daycare, you know, yeah. it's, it's really a blessing than it is a curse. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there was a couple of times me and the wife butted heads a couple of times, but you yeah. just gotta, you know, I was, I'm a big fan of the shining. So I just kept thinking of the movie, the shining saying, hold on, slow down. Don't let, don't turn into Jack Torrance just yet. 
it's not the it's not the end of the world yeah 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 so but it did give us time to think about what we wanted to do too right like nature outside mm -hmm. brought us a new perspective i think with a lot of people you know whether they moved or moved into a home instead of an apartment yeah um it was closer to hiking biking can you know kayaking and people started enjoying what life was really all about way back when before social media mm -hmm. yeah so with that in mind have you been uh i always ask folks you know depending on the creatives that i have <clears throat> have you been back out in the field on the You've been back out at work at the Foxwoods, but have you been out there doing book signings or, or meet and greets, events? It's a book, not so, not as much as um, I probably, I had a whole bunch of stuff lined up with uh, Barnes and Noble and um, they were shut down for so long. Um, I, I haven't reached back out to them. I figured I'd wait just a little bit longer till things kind of, it's almost, I don't know. Are we back to almost normal? We're getting pretty close to it. Yeah. Kind of, so to say. Um, I know with my work, we finally, finally, you know, if you got vaccinated, you could take off your mask. So I feel like I'd wait about another month or two before I reach back out to a lot of my contacts that I had before in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I did have a lot of book signings and a lot of stuff at different Barnes and Nobles um, that unfortunately got canceled. Um, I even had uh, groups um, like in Kansas and stuff like that who read my book and they created a um, uh, for suicide foundations and there was supposed to be a lot of fundraising for suicide foundations and um, with this whole coronavirus it got canceled which was very sad because um, there was a lot that was happening with that. Mm -hmm. um, so that touched my heart very deeply because I really want to, um, not only is the book about domestic abuse, which touched a lot of people's lives. Um, one important thing for me mostly is suicide, um, just because that touched a lot of part of my life. And um, so that was sad to see that, you know, the whole coronavirus kind of put an end to that for now. Yeah. Um, but I feel like pretty soon it's going to be opening back up again. We'll be able to have, there were supposed to be music events, you know, raising money for suicide awareness and all yeah. that. So hopefully that all starts back up again. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we're, we're all, we're all on the right track. Um, you know, I'm fully vaccinated and, and uh, the, me and the wife were like hell bent on getting fully vaccinated and, and, I think it's allowing folks finally get back out there, kind of get back to this new normal. But again, every, you know, every generation, every five, every 10 years, you know, post 9-11, tech ramped up, you know, a thousand fold. And now with this, tech ramped up a thousand fold again and, and medical, uh, medical industry, it was just really charging forward to you know to prevent this that and the other thing and then you got tech and you got like you know virtual this and and uh i mean fortnite the video game fortnite people are having edm clubs and edm parties just in fortnite you know live uh, virtual reality from the comfort of your basement and all that stuff and 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 just seeing just seeing the innovativeness and 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 
folks thinking outside the box, how can we still stay active, stay productive, stay creative, right. stay close, stay connected? Right. And uh, yeah. I just think it's important to have human contact a lot too. Of course. Yeah. Right? But, you know, in the, in the pinch, we had the Zoom and we had everything. Yeah. But um, I, I definitely feel there's nothing more than having the human, you know, the, the contact with people personally, yeah. and, um, I think helps our, helps our mental capability a yeah. little bit better. You know, we're at the end of June here, but, uh, yes. but for me, I think starting in June, um, after having been fully vaccinated for, I want to say four months now, here it is June, and some folks that I work with, they're vaccinated, some aren't, but I would just go in and say, Hey, are we good with a handshake now? And, mm -hmm. and every, and just about everybody was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Handshakes, full on handshakes. It's not like that half handshake hug yeah. kind of thing. And I'm like, and, and they're like, Oh, we're going back to that. I'm like, I am, if you, if you're fine with it, I'm definitely, I'm definitely doing that. Absolutely. You, know? you know, I miss that. That's what I miss. I'm, I'm a hugger with people that I'm very close with. I'm definitely a handshaker with colleagues and yeah. And, yeah, and, 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 you know, uh, colleagues and, you know, friends and stuff like that. So that's, you know, that was my biggest thing is, all right, we're back to that. I think, every, I think things are starting to look good again, but, um, but what's, what's, uh, what's next on the agenda? What's, what's, uh, what's the next set of plans, next set of goals, for the say the next six months to a year Excellent. what's what what's next on the agenda for sherry Gen jenga um so my next set of goals actually i set one thing for myself is uh live life to the fullest i went to florida uh just recently and i was taking yoga class and they say you know your monastery and i was like oh what is mine and i was like oh it's live life to the fullest like so i think one thing i learned is just to find out what's important to you. Find out what's important to you to make yourself happy. Um, so that's one thing um, I've been trying to live by. You know, I recently um, quit one of my jobs. Like I've been trying to be stress-free a little bit more, enjoy life a little bit more, and what's important to family, what's important to friends. Um, and I think that goes along with the whole coronavirus thing. Hmm. Um, but one of my goals, um, you know, I'm so proud of the book, The Shattered Oak. It's, it's one of my great accomplishments. Um, like I said, I never thought it would be me telling this true story. But um, ever since I was a young child, I always thought it should be a movie. Um, so that is my goal, actually. I've done really well as far as um, selling the book. Um, I'm totally happy in its place because the place of the Shattered Oak is to help um, a lot of um, group counseling and it has been placed, which I feel so grateful about um, in different um, group settings. A lot of counseling centers use it. They use it as a tool to um, bring out people's stories, bring out um, their backgrounds. And because like I said, it touches so many aspects of life, it, it actually um, touches a lot of people's lives. So no matter what your background ground is, it usually comes full circle and they can use this book as a tool. 
So I can't be any happier with that. Um, and I think my mother would be very happy with that, that it's used as a tool for counseling um, to help those who need to be helped. So I truly, that's like my first place. I don't, my, my first reward was that it got into counseling centers. So on LinkedIn, I really reached out to therapists, um, to counseling centers, to suicide centers. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been really fortunate in that aspect that my book has been used for that. And that's really all that I could ask for. That's outstanding. Yeah. yeah you know, that's, I, I just want to help um, because of the suicide aspect or the mental health, the depression, the domestic violence people go through and how much it has helped to bring out their stories. And it, in the end of the book, I won't give away once again, the ending, but it does sh shed light on how we all can, you know, overcome different obstacles in life and how we could take the positive, the negative into a positive. It, some people takes a little bit longer of a road than others, but um, that was one of my main accomplishments during this whole thing. Um, so that was huge. So I just have to say my next goal is really honestly is to get it into film. I do have two big film companies looking at it right now. Um, they said to be patient because of coronavirus. Right. Um, I'm hoping one day, you know, that it just gets into a story because it's, it is, I know everybody says their book is unique, but this book is just a little bit more unique in a sense that not to, you know, this person went through this and she was one of the very first persons to go through what she had and the accomplishments that she has and how she found positive light at the end and how we all can take our lives in different, different aspects um, of positivity. So you know, not everybody's life is the same and we all should respect everybody, of course, yeah. whatever they go through. And, um, you know, it's a learning curve on, on everybody's different backgrounds. And I think we could all take everybody's background and we can learn and, and turn that all around into a positive spin. So that's what the whole Shattered Oak is about, was taking this tree that was once bright and beautiful and vibrant and, and flowers. And as the narrator goes through her life, the, the tree starts to deteriorate just like the woman in the, in the uh, story. And as the oak dies, so doesn't the person, so to speak, you know what I mean? But yet then she turns it all back around as you see and the end of the story. But, you know, um, you know, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. I think a lot of people from my era has, um, you know, I'm 50 years old. So I think, you know, our era was a lot different than the generation, the younger generation now. Yeah. You know, now is the more entitled generation. I came back from, you know, the generation that you are just grateful for what you had. It might not be much, but you find gratefulness. Yeah. I can't be any happier because you know, why not find little things to be grateful for? So it's kind of how I live my life. My father was a great preacher. Um, he was uh, preached to us that you always think positive, you never think negative. So 
Once again, I think your guidance from your parents plays a big part of who you are today, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you might not always have the guidance you need in certain areas, but if you can get a little bit of guidance from your parents in certain areas, it kind of helps throughout your life. So I was definitely, um, through the absence of some things, I was lucky to have the guidance of um, my father preaching that, you know, always think positive, never think negative, and you can accomplish anything you want. And it's so true. Like even with my book, I never thought I could be a writer, but yes, I was good in English, but did I ever think about writing a book? No, but um, I took a lot of my writing skills. Um, my best friend taught me, um, she showed me the books to read that were very fun to read and why I wanted to read them. And I learned I like to read when I can feel it, hear it, smell it, taste it. And if they didn't catch me within the first two pages of the book, I didn't want to read the book. So I think I got a taste of what I like to read and I'm a very picky reader. So how I wrote was a lot how I like to read, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, you touched upon something, you know, I'm not too much, I'm not too younger than you. And when I was growing up, my parents were workers, you know, blue collar, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. slightly above blue collar. Yeah. You know, my parents, my aunts and uncles, a lot of them were very much like that, where, um, and, and even my grandparents would say to me, you know, you got to find a job with a good pension and, oh, and like, am well, am I going to like the job? Because my parents, you know, I don't, I don't want to throw them under the bus too much, but let's, you know, I think my parents want to do something else. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of, uh, but I'm pretty sure a lot of my generation's parents hated yeah. their jobs. Okay. Yeah. You know, actually, sure. You know, they just sucked it up because they're making enough. And then they pass that on to their kids. You got to get a good job. What is a good job versus a great career that you love? It's more important to like do something that you love. You know, I mean, you make, you make 250,000 a year and, and you're working, you know, six, 12 hour days and you hate life right. or, you know, you're making 60 or 70 a year, but you love what you do. You talk, so you talk about it all the time. You're excited to go to work. Yeah. You, you pass, and, and so when you call, when you go home, you're not a, you're not a curmudgeon asshole to your wife and kids or to your husband yeah. and kids. You go home excited to see him. I had such a, I had such an amazing day. Tell me about your day. Let me tell you about my day. Right. And you know, you can bond, you, you bond better with folks. You're just so, you're so excited to do you know, you're, uh, you know, me as an actor, I mean, there were some shit paid jobs, <laughs> yeah. shit paid jobs. Okay. But, um, but then a month or two later, like, Hey, babe, check that out. I'm on TV. Oh my God. And she's like, Hey, there's daddy. You're like to the kid, there's daddy. And there's, and eventually if you just stick with what you love to do, you will move up you will get those supporting roles you, you'll get way better paying roles you get way better paying gigs and you can you can start living comfortably like you know some of the celebrities do if not some of the the b yeah. 
some of the B celebrities do, but they live comfortably and they love doing what they're doing. Um, but, but I think that's, that was always dumped on by our parents, Mm -hmm. maybe by our generation, you know, you got to work, you go to work and like, yeah, you got to put in work, but you put in work to what you love to do. That's the difference. If you love it, you'll put even more work into it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, and, and no offense to anybody that that does these jobs and, 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 and appreciates these jobs. But for me, being a data analyst or being an administrative assistant, you know, I'm not really going to put, I'm not going to put 100% into it because I don't give a shit about it. Right, right. Yeah, you want to care about it. And I think, you know, like we, I'm pretty sure yeah, I had this quote, this great quote um, that reminded, the first thing that reminded me is like, you had, we had family members always dumping on what we wanted to do. But of course, I can't find the freaking quote. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, I can remember the quote. I can't remember who said it. But the quote is, um, children see magic in everything because they look for it interesting yeah and at some point we gave up looking for the magic in things and it became pushing boxes pushing pushing pencils shredding papers printing i mean and and that and that's all great and i'm not knocking those industries but you know you know uh you know, driving a bus back and forth. I mean, that's a, that's a noble profession, but I think there are folks out there that love doing that because they'll, they'll, they'll find, they'll find the greatness in that. They, they just meet strangers on the bus by being a bus driver. But I think there are kids, you know, for me, I still watch Marvel movies, DC movies, Star Wars movies, because I still enjoy that magic. I've always found if there is such thing, if there is such thing as magic on this planet, real magic that exists it's filmmaking because because in such a way in your eyes does luke skywalker and princess leia in a way do they actually exist you see what i'm saying like they they kind of actually exist you know their backstory they almost in such a way exist through the magic of filmmaking through cinema through through cgi special effects and, and and all that stuff that that magic has created, you know, these things that in a way do exist. I mean, obviously they don't, they don't exist in our real world, but in such a way they do exist. And that is the true magic of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why, and that's why I just stuck with it. And I stuck with it and I stuck with it and I stuck with it and I turned it into a professional career and it was hard. It, it, it sucked for some years, but, you know, eventually it happened. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's the biggest thing is for me, yeah, find a job, but find a job that you love to do. Stick with it. Don't quit. Because if you quit, chances are you didn't really want to do it. 100%. Yeah. It was so. time. We all know when it's time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you hit that wall, you should, you know, it's time to give up and move on to something else that makes you feel good in life. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So time is short. You never know. Absolutely. Time is short. Um, I mean, everybody's worried about dying. But my biggest advice is how about you worry about living? Oh, 100. Yeah, every day. Think about all the fun things you could do. All the time wasted sitting in front of sitting in front of a TV. I mean, I I do do that because I want to watch other people's work and be inspired and then come up with some of my own ideas. So that's kind of homework to me to an extent, but it's also about, you know, can't worry about living. You gotta, you know, you gotta focus on, uh, you can't worry about dying. You gotta focus on living. 100%. You know, get out there, see sights, meet people. Do everything on your bucket list. Yeah. All the, yeah, the bucket list. Yeah. 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 Now that I'm 50, I got that bucket list. So I'm oh, like, already? You're too young. Bullshit. Bullshit. You're too young for a bucket list. Don't, <laughs> don't start a bucket. Well, you know, uh, well, hell, hell, why not? I think I kind of have a bucket list. I'm just not, I'm, I'm just not accepting that I'm, clo- I'm, I'm not, I'm, I won't accept the fact. I won't call it a bucket list because I'm not accepting. <laughs> Maybe that is. I don't know. But, uh, you know, so it's it, it like, like, you know, I mentioned before, it's it, we're close to the end of the June. Now, uh, I always mention this with most of my guests. Uh, quarantine happened March 12th for us in Maryland. So around it wasn't January 1st. That was kind of a new year for me. It was more March it was like the new year. Here we are one year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Of quarantine court. COVID and quarantine. So that was kind of like the new year. Now, here we are June. So it's like, what is that a month and a year, one year, three months. When I, when I say to you, what's the new year, new you, the new normal, the new normal, new year, new you, what, 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 what comes to mind when I say, what's the new you? Oh gosh, just to really, I just want to have fun, enjoy life, uh, take it all in. Once again, feel grateful for what I have. And just live every moment for every love, you know, moment. And yeah. uh, the new me is just put all this other stuff behind us, you know, all the negativity and, you know, maybe shut off our TVs and just move forward just with our own personal lives and not what, what society always expects from us, you know, that's just my perspective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't agree with you more, you know, like, um, not only living and you, you kind of touched upon this before, like we, we, you know, we're boxed in with this judgmental stuff and, and, and we always prejudge mental illness. We always prejudge this prejudge that. And I think people are boxed in by their own. Well, what came to my mind and it might be a little bit off subject, but I brought this up before. Oh, I remember again growing up, and we come, we we come from an older generation where we had to battle older generations' biases, prejudices, misunderstandings. And one day I woke up, I think it was 25, 26, and I would just say to you know f- older family members like, "So and so, that that actor on that show, he's gay, isn't he?" I'm like, "Why do you give a shit?" Right, doesn't matter. But I'm too busy to worry. I'm too busy to worry about, you know, little things in life, little things like that. Like, oh, I I remember worry about your own self. 
Actually, yes. Actually, absolutely. Worry about yourself, but go get a hobby. Go get, (laughs) go, go to work. Just go to work, man. Because now I think about it and and it's, and and this is always one of the first things that come to my mind, especially during quarantine, all those new ads started coming out, all those, uh, uh, adverts made with iPhones. People were doing a lot of adverts on zoom with their phones. And there was a lot of mixed race couples. There was a lot of same sex couples. And someone said to me, man, all these commercials that I'm seeing, I'm watching Hulu and I'm seeing all these commercials. I mean, they're really trying to shove the LGP, LGBTQ thing down my throat and the new progressive thing down my throat. And I said, dude, who the, who the hell's watching commercials? Right. You remember when we were a kid, the commercial would come on, we walk away. Nowadays, I watch Hulu, me and the wife watch Hulu all the time. And the, the commercial comes on and you can't skip that commercial. We walk away, we go to the kitchen. Who the hell is watching the commercials? Yeah, just and it's like it's like these people have nothing going on in life. Yeah, they just want to like bitch and moan about everything. Bitch and moan about everything because they have my generation too, right? The older we were, things were just different. We had to take care of ourselves and learn how to take care of ourselves. Yeah, and fight, you know, fight for whatever, just regular life. And you know, we got to go back to worrying about how do you just adapt to your everyday life and not everybody else's problems just take on your own and yeah you know but like you but like you said like i'm not worried about i got so much stuff i got a podcast guest every other day yeah and then i got to edit the stuff and then i'm trying to work on some scripts right you always got to work on yourself about everything every everybody else i ain't worried about i am i do not care you know like some people will say to me like yeah but don't you have a problem with us? I'm like, dude, I don't care. No. I got a I got a wife and a kid. That's enough. Right. <laughs> not to mention, not yeah. to mention, yeah. You should just care about, yeah, you're caring, you're focusing on what's important to you at the most present time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, touch touch touching upon that, if there was one last bit of advice, one last point you want to make, one last bit of advice, what would that be? Would it be about the corona or would it be about what? Whatever you want. If, if there was, if, if you want to leave, you know, whatever 10, whatever, whatever 10, 15 viewers are there watching, I'm, you know, my YouTube channel, but uh, hopefully there's more. But if there was, you know, on whatever you want to leave advice on, if there was one point you wanted to leave to them, what would that be? Oh my gosh. You know what I live by? I live by always living by the positive attitude. I know I sound a little bit broken record in that, but um, for me, I think one thing you should always focus on is try to find out what makes yourself feel good, what makes yourself feel happy. Because if you make yourself feel happy, you can make everybody else happy. You can help others. I strive to help others. I try to inspire others. I don't think there's a lot of people in the world that like, I know even I meet so many people in the world and, and I love a lot of people that I meet, but there's not a lot of people who inspire me. Mm-hmm. There's very few that take the time to help or be your mentor in life. Um, So one thing I cherish is for, I have very few who do it, but 
I think we all should try to find ways to help other people feel good about things that make them happy. So if we could all learn to be not each other's cheerleader, that sounds a little bit corny, but um, ways to help others make them feel good, feel good, first feel good about yourself. In every situation, I know there's tons, I've come across millions of bad situations in my own life. My own life hasn't been perfect, but I really, really try to find the positive in everything and how can we make it better? What can we do to strive to, I just, you know, to feel good about ourselves. And if you really are happy of who you are, no matter who puts you down, you can achieve anything in life. So um, success, you know, I'm one of those ones that feel my father was a huge success, you know, always try to strive for success. So uh, I'm kind of that way too, in different ways. Um, so find ways that make you feel good, how to make others feel good, how to um, be successful in yourself or help others be successful. If you know knowledge that can help somebody further their career, give advice, give advice, right? Hell yeah. Help out. Um, do your part in life. Um, so that's kind of how I live. And I'm always grateful, I guess. Like um, if I'm feeling low about myself or I don't feel good about myself for the day, I try to always remind myself, well, what is there good about? What's great? What is there grateful about? And there's so many things to be grateful about. And you could think of the most ridiculous thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I have it. Some people don't even have this. So that's a beautiful thing in life. Absolutely. Yeah. So I never try to be think negative, I guess. I try to always, I know it sounds corny and a lot of people say, oh, I hate the people who are so positive. But honestly, if you could just think positive about yourself and think positive about your situation, I think you could turn every bad situation into a good situation. Yeah, you know, as a performer, well, as a professional, as a parent, husband, family man, as a professional and, and uh, creative, I always try to find the pros in everything. Yeah. But as a, you know, as a performer, you know, you try to find comedy, you want to be funny. And I've found that a lot of my humor is being so self-indulgent. I know that's not the right word. Oh. To, to comedically be negative and you just you know if you're stuck in this shitty situation and you you just dump on it but in such a way that you know you come off sarcastic it's all about your performance really you know there's been a couple of times I do that and people are rolling people you know people think it's hilarious you know I've done it on the show before and you just dumping on this situation like what the hell is going on you know why are we here when we could why are we doing this here when we could be doing this there huh and to make people laugh yeah right? and, and and the point the point is to be hum humorous and comedic but it but it's also like venting also it's kind yeah. of therapeutic in such a yeah, way yeah. but then yeah find ways to make yourself feel good You're, yours is comedy i could tell yeah right but then you know you always have to close out with like but hey, listen, we're here. We did it. We knocked this out. We're almost home. We're almost we're almost rap production. You know, this is going to come out great. We're going to have such fun, you know, stories to tell. But you always look for the pros 
you always look for the Absolutely. realistically like physically like in that moment you look for the pros but there's there there's definitely plenty of good times to just you know indulge in that self-deprecation in that in that venting of the situation but do it but do it in a comedic way in a sarcastic way like because really we have to like make the best of it. Mm-hmm. So let's make fun of it, and then let's make the best of it and find the pros of it. Pros in it, you know, sort of. I don't know if I'm making sense, but no, I no. Totally. <laughs> and you yeah. get your out of the whole thing, and it helps others to move forward. So that's good. No, yeah, and it's funny. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, Sherry Jenga, I can't thank you enough for coming on uh, the Shattered Oak. Oh, wait a minute. What the heck just happened there? Okay. The Shattered Oak, Overcoming Domestic Abuse and a Misdiagnosis of Mental Illness. It's on Amazon, Kindle, audiobook, perfect paperback, um, Barnes and Noble, the Shattered Oak.com. Oh, man. What else we got here? Book. Uh, Looks like you got some skyrocketed book reviews. And uh, yeah, Sherry, huh? Yeah, it's amazing. It's so awesome. I've had reviews from India, Australia. Um, I, I can't, I can't uh, be any more blessed and grateful that people around the world, especially like psychiatrists and therapists, um, their thoughts and their views of how they never viewed their patient in the way that they end up after reading the book and they say, wow, I never really thought of my patient that way. And I kind of wish I did because mental illness, everybody thinks and acts differently. Awesome. Sherry, author of The Shattered Book, mother of two, wife. Uh, I can't thank you enough so much for coming on, sharing sharing your stories and and, uh, your successes with me and uh covid quarantine survival stories and all that stuff so it was it was a blast i definitely uh you know plan to have you back on 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 like a round table thing with with some other guests kind of like in a a round table deal and and we'll definitely see what's coming down the pike from there all right sounds sounds like a plan i appreciate it very much awesome i'm gonna try i'm gonna try that comedian just keep going you got it that's right Well, it was a blast having you on. And until next time, to my viewers, you know what to do. To the viewers out there, if you want to become an honorary member of the Zombie Squad, send me some, uh, hit me up on on any of the socials. Um, Send me the name that you want to be credited as, as as an honorary member of Zombie Squad. Send me your favorite one or two profile pictures, avatars, what have you, your profile pictures on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and we can squad you up. I will make you an honorary member of the zombie squad and I, I'll des- and, and I'll design all this stuff. I'll design a t-shirt, I'll design your logo, your whole s- zombie squad kind of profile. If you wanna be an honorary member of zombie squad and give you the options to buy a t-shirt to buy a phone case to buy a pillow to buy a tapestry to buy a hoodie to whatever the hell you want but if you want to be an mem- honorary member of the zombie squad let me know and uh yeah, but you got to put they got to put in the work though all they all they, all they have to all they have to do is send me one or two of their profile pics 
and uh, they'll be an honorary member <laughs> of the Zombie Squad. <laughs>